0: I'm Dan Kurtzke, and I'm Chad Bokelman,
1: and this is The Lantern Cast,
0: episode 142.
1: Oh my god, I can't believe you got that right.
0: Shut up, I got it right the first time through, too.
1: And then somehow, when we were getting ready for it the second time, <laughs> you completely forgot.
0: Well, if you weren't all Mr. well, let's just re-record that opening. It wouldn't have happened.
2: <laughs> Chad, this this what we, we got, got for here with. tonight. This is what I deal with, people. This is what I deal with. This is my nightmare. This is my nightmare. <laughs> you chose this and you know
0: it.
1: Seriously, you cannot bitch about that.
2: <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, tonight, um, last interview we had for this show was what? Uh, Tony Bedard. Sure. So, in the, the spirit of collecting every single person involved in all of Green Lantern... Um, we're going one step to the left and, and getting the artist uh, to uh, Tony Bedard's writer. Uh, that made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> kind of did. Kind of did. Kind of. We're the, talking wait, to Tyler Kirkham tonight. <laughs> the
0: writer
1: to Tony Bedard's artist? That's
0: exactly the opposite <laughs> of what he said. <laughs> Very good.
2: Uh, awesome. I'm glad your listening skills are really kicking in. Oh, please,
1: Chad. You were talking.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, anyways, we're talking with an artist on, let's see, uh, he was on the Weaponers storyline before the New 52, um, Green Lantern Corps uh, issues uh, leading up to the New 52, and then was on, uh, is on New Guardians from issues 1 through 12, and is about to start his work on... Um, was it Teen Titans, right, guys? Um, Teen Titans yes. going forward um, into the new 52. Uh, so he's leaving New Guardians and about to start work on Teen Titans, but uh, we're talking with uh, Tyler Kirkham tonight. So he took some time out to, to talk with us, and, uh, and uh, here you go.
1: Are we, are we going to tell them who we're interviewing? He, really? Yes, really.
2: Your jokes are funny.
0: I think you're laughing because it's 11. <laughs> Not because you're funny.
2: Or because he drank again. <laughs>
1: could be a little of both. Could be, it could be a
2: little of both three. Could be, could be a little of both of those three. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, the caffeine's
2: wearing off. Is, is, is Chad's problem that change for the sake of change is bad? Because change for the sake of change is...
0: <laughs> wow, where the hell did that even come from? <laughs>
1: Uh, it was one just of the funniest posts On the forum ever
0: I know but the best part is It had nothing to do with what we were just talking about It's just haunting him
1: Yeah <laughs> Man, Can you imagine if Chad just like Wakes up at night and is like Why don't they love me
0: He just like immediately curls up hey, Into a hey. field
2: position Mike, Mike Gallagher and I bonded over this
1: Change
0: online. for the sake of change Change for the sake of change Change <laughs> oh, no. for the sake of change <laughs>
2: We bonded over this. I'm the Mike Gallagher of the Lantern cast, and we, we determined that we're going to get shirts made up. He's going to get one that says he's the Chad Bokelman of CGS, and I'm the Mike Gallagher of <laughs> the Lantern cast. <laughs>
1: oh, <man>. oh, well. <laughs> that that would be so freaking hilarious. Cause no one would get it. Dude. Exactly. Everybody would be like, what's a Chad Bokelman? <laughs>
2: All right, on the phone with us right now, we've got Tyler Kirkham, uh, current artist on issues 1 through 12 of Green Lantern New Guardians uh, and about to start work on Teen Titans. Uh, Hey, Tyler, how you doing?
3: Good, guys. How's it going?
2: Uh, It's going pretty well, sir. Um, We uh, first, uh, at least for us, experienced your work when you started on the Weaponers storyline in Green Lantern Corps um and at least for my part and I I'm totally upfront with everybody I'll be completely honest uh when I first got it I was like ah, I'm not quite sure because the art was such a different change for me and then over over the time uh that we got to experience your art and see you really come into your own in the storytelling uh in the way in which you did your art for me it was really really enjoyable uh and it and it became something that I enjoyed completely Um, And I got a chance to speak with you when you were uh, actually in Austin for uh, uh, the Wizard World Austin Con and uh, kind of pointed out a couple things. Um, What was it like um, when you got on that book for the first time? What what was your experience kind of immersing yourself in the world of Green Lantern?
3: Well, I mean, I, I was extremely nervous, you know, just because... You know, there was a lot of hype around uh, Green Lantern at the time, and uh, you know I knew the movie was coming out, and um, you know I, it was such an expansive universe that you know there was just a lot to learn. So I was just kind of overwhelmed at first, you know, with all the reference material that I was sent, and <laughs> it was just like, you know, here's a pile of stuff, you know, whatever 50, 60 years of, of stuff or whatever that. Um, just trying to get caught up on a little bit of that. Cause I actually hadn't read green lantern before I started working on the book or before they had, you know, asked me about, uh, working on it. So, uh, I had some time to kind of, I was wrapping, wrapping up a project at, at top cow. So I had uh, a little bit of time to get caught up and, and try to get myself into that, the superhero mode again. Cause I was working on a really dark book at top cow, um, mysterious ways. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, uh, it was just a six issue miniseries, but I was working on that. So it was a really, a big change of pace for me to go from that book, uh, which is like I said, probably the darkest book that I've worked on ever, you know, in my career too, to doing superhero stuff again, at, you know, at DC, which not only was, uh, the green lantern universe overwhelming, but it was also my first, you know, project, um, since signing with DC. So, it was just kind of, did these things, uh, you know, it was, it was exciting, but also I was pretty nervous to, to actually get started because I really didn't know how, you know, the editors and also the fans, like you were saying, were going to react to my style. Mm-hmm. Um, cause a lot of people weren't, you know, weren't familiar with my stuff at, you know, the Read DC book. So I really didn't know what to expect or what kind of feedback we would get, but, um, ended up being pretty good and and a lot of people I think were actually apprehensive like yourself you know Mm -hmm. after I think any change and I I think the same thing is going to happen with me on Teen Titans because you know Brett has been doing it for so long Brett Booth that I think Mm -hmm. people are going to you know ah who's a new guy you know what I mean I've already read that a couple of times when they when they announced that I was going to be doing it Mm -hmm. um but all I can do is just say hey guys hope you like the stuff you know and and uh and just do my best and just hopefully people will eventually, you know, I guess, uh, respect what I'm doing and hopefully, um, after a few issues, they'll, they'll get used to it. <laughs>
2: well, and, well, uh, yeah. for, for my part, uh, come at least coming from into your style and it being my first experience with your style. And then especially, uh, once you got into, new guardians and i saw the announcement for new guardians issue number one for the new 52 and i saw you were going to be the artist on it I also i was actually excited and that was when i realized that i was really really starting to appreciate your style and then once we got issue one i was like oh my god i love this and so oh, many cool. of it, we, we talked to, to- we, we talked to tony not long ago and you know some of the criticism that that book was getting outside of the art was things like you know well why is there a solar system sized ship in this book? That's ridiculous. Well, why not? You know, it's just a, a fun yeah. book and your art really complements the fun storytelling that Tony was trying to do in that, that book. So, and, and like just, just for example, Glomulus making him put it, putting him in little outfits in the background and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it really complements Tony's storytelling, and and you guys seem to have a pretty good repertoire going. Is is that something the, that is actually really going on behind the scenes? Oh yeah, definitely,
3: man. Um, I uh, you know, ever since I started working with Tony, I've, I've been able to actually talk to him, him quite a bit. He's one of those writers that's really super approachable and and really willing to. Uh, um, collaborate on ideas and stuff uh or you know characters or really anything man he was really open to any suggestions that i had or if i felt like a panel should be left out or if, if, you know if i wanted to tweak something he was really open to it he had no problems with that type of stuff so i got to know him quite a bit and i actually you know we hung out at conventions and we actually saw the green lantern movie together um in philly uh the the, the, convention, the wizard world philly show actually the um, we were both there cause wizard had brought a bunch of uh, green lantern creators out and the movie came out that weekend and we actually walked down to a theater, uh, and, and with him, me and my wife, actually, and we ended up uh, watching the movie. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've, gotten to know him quite a bit over the last two years working with him and it's actually gonna, uh, it's kind of sad, you know, not being able to, to work with him, but I'm, I'm, sure we'll eventually do something again. But, um, no, but he, the Guamulus thing though, I've actually grown really attached to that character, man. And when he, uh, let's see, all twelve issues are out, yeah, yeah all twelve issues are out. When he, when he, you know, when he died, I think it was in issue, eleven. Did you yeah. guys see that? Yeah,
2: yeah. Broke uh, my heart.
3: I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be back or whatever. But when I read that in the script, I was genuinely sad because I, I had kind of grown attached to that character. I wanted to make him like. Um, Kind of like the Dexter character, I guess. Yeah. that's yeah. kind of what I wanted for him, you know. Um, so when that happened, I was like, "Oh man, that's really that's you know, it was kind of sad to, to actually read that." And, and when I was doing the layouts, but anyway, yeah. Yeah,
2: and 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 I I would say um, in addition to storytelling, um, your art really reflects that you want. It, it, it's funny that you say he he's the Dexter because Dan is actually. A huge fan of Dexter, and he will not stop talking about how awesome Glomulus is.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How good! Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted that like that little character that you know people can just really love. You know what I mean? And they have some compassion for, and and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted for that character. Because I I know Dexter has a big following.
0: Yes, a big deservedly so. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Speaking of your collaboration with Tony, um, like, what kind of, I guess, what kind of scripts does he usually give you? You know, does he ever like? Is it super specific, or does he just give you a general idea of what's on the page and then just let you run with it? You know, how much of what we see comes straight from you? Um, he's
3: he's actually pretty specific. He his scripts are pretty detailed. Um, you know, he'll write, he'll write. You know, what's supposed to be on every panel. He won't, he won't, dole or anything like that, unless he's got a specific shot in mind, or if it's like a splash page or something, he might put, you know, a Worm's eye view. But a lot of the times, the angle will be up to me, or the, you know, how 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 far it is, you know, zoomed in or out, or, uh, you know, if the camera's tilted or sometimes even the amount of characters that are in the shot. Um, Normally it'll just say what's supposed to be happening in that particular panel. Mm -hmm. Unlike um, Scott, uh, Scott Liddell, his, his scripts are a little bit more open. Um, They're not quite just a plot, but they're, they're not, you know, as I know that some writers do this. They're just not as, he leaves more up to the artist, I guess you could say like, it's it's almost it's more than a plot but it's not quite a fully detailed script so that can be really fun. I'm just getting used to that now.
0: Yeah, it's something I thought about when I was reading issue 11 where like the whole gang goes after Larflees and you could make the argument that it's like the whole issue is like a big fight scene. So I I wasn't <laughs> quite sure like how like if that would be an issue where like even if he does usually go like panel by panel with it he might like dial it back and just say here have, have some fun. Here's generally what happens.
3: Yeah. And you know, I've actually heard of, of writers that do that where they're like, you know, page three through six or this, you know, it's a fight scene, but this character has to die at the end or something. I've, I've heard yeah of that happening, but I've never actually had a script that was that vague. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, I'm just, you know, getting used to the, the new style of script and, uh, You know, we'll see how it goes. I just wrapped up issue zero of uh, Teen Titans um, actually a couple weeks ago and they've, you know, I've been doing some random covers and stuff for them and I'll be jumping. It's kind of interesting because I did issue zero, but I won't be starting again until issue 17. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting the way they have it scheduled, but uh, it actually works out well because I'll be, um I have like a European convention tour coming up in October. So I'll be, it's like a month long almost, so it actually works pretty good. They have Brett doing a couple more issues, and then they actually have Ali Garza doing two issues of Teen Titans. And then I jump on as the ongoing guy, you know?
1: Actually, that uh, that brings up uh, a question that I was wondering about as far as, when the when the styles are transitioning. Now you're gonna be taking over for for Brett Booth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean I think it's it's fairly safe to say that between the two of you, you both have a somewhat kinetic art style.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think the transition is easier for the, you know, the comic readers when you go from, you know, similar um, you know, like the the base similar style, as opposed to like uh, when you took over for Green Lantern Core, you took over from Ardy and Syaf, who had a yeah. very like clean style. Like, which which do you prefer?
3: Um, I definitely see what you're saying, and I I think it actually is a, you know it is a smoother transition. You know, I think um, well, I guess before uh, Syaf did did uh Green Lantern Corps. Patrick Gleason had a really long run on it. Right. And his style, it's, 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 I guess a little bit more energetic, more cartoony. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, actually, whenever someone said, talked to me about Green Lantern Core, they would always say, they would always compare me to him because he was the guy that had the long run on it. You know, they were like, I was always afraid of someone else, you know, doing the book because, you know, Gleason had such a good run. I would always get compared to him I guess rather than like sigh off because I guess maybe he was just jumped in for a few issues or, or a story arc or something I can't remember but yeah. so it was always like <laughs> because I guess um, Gleason what, he must have done I don't even know how many issues he did but he did a really long run on that so I think it uh, you know I, I think people just get used to certain styles yeah but I do think a similar a similar style might help You know, make that a little bit smoother, but I guess I'm not really sure, man, on that.
2: Now, when you were uh, doing all this work and and you were coming into DC, obviously, with um, the Weaponers storyline being your first uh, foray into not only the Green Lantern, but your first really DC work, um, once everything went to okay, we're relaunching the whole universe, the new 52. By that point, you've had at least enough of experience, I would imagine, to kind of get a feel for how things worked. Post-52, has anything really changed? Are they much stricter about deadlines? Is there anything from your perspective actually being, uh, you know, doing work for them that you saw change uh, in the business side after the launch of the new 52?
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing... um the biggest thing was when we, when I was doing my last issue of, uh, three core, Tony was working up the script for issue one of new guardians. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe, I can't even remember how many reacts he had to do on that thing, but they were really strict about, you know, wanting it to be perfect. Um, because, you know, it was the number one, you know, issue number one of the series. And it just, uh, Tony was um, I think he was going crazy because he had you know he didn't really know what to do because he had so many rewrites and so many revisions and a couple different editor changes and and I think they were just trying to get um, their, the correct system in place for I guess the, the, you know, the new 52 launch but I know that uh, everyone had to have a certain amount of issues done I think it was like three issues done by the actual launch date
4: Mm-hmm.
3: and since we had so many um, script revisions there was like no way that was going to happen on, on New Guardians because I, I think I got my script like a month late or something just because of the way things worked out
2: mm-hmm. um,
3: so that's why in issue 2 and 3 there was someone else that came in and did like half of the issue because they still needed those three issues done by a certain date but there was just no way that that was going to happen because I was still working on the first issue at the time that, you know what I mean? That I should have been working on like the second right. going into the third. So I think some things like that happened, but so the deadline thing was definitely strict and it is, continues to be strict, man, <laughs> for sure. So,
2: yeah. And, and I, if I remember right from, uh, Austin, uh, Comic-Con, feel free to uh, correct me uh, if I remember this wrong, but, uh, I think you had said something about the editor being switched on the book, like last minute.
3: Yeah, and that that was one of the things that ended up making Tony, you know, I think, have to do some of those rewrites. We were working with a particular editor, and then they switched some things around, you know, on the books. And then we got a new guy, and the new guy had a different vision than the last editor. So (laughs) the, the script was already, I guess, in place. went out the the window, you know what I mean? So, Mm uh, a lot of things had to go back, you know, and Jeff Johns had to review things, and just, it was, it was pretty crazy, but that was one of the things that happened, I think, on a couple of books were editorial changes, which ended up, you know, kind of delaying things just because everyone's got their different takes on things, you know, and, and, um, editors are a big part of the industry, and a big part of, uh, decisions actually you know like a lot of the decisions will end up being you know approved or changed or um tweaked you know by the particular editor that you're working with
0: sounds like it's a good thing there's a gap between your uh zero issue of team titans and when your actual full run starts then <laughs> yeah week.
3: i mean <laughs> yeah definitely that way they can get things um they can get things hammered out you know and get get everything figured out, I guess, but, um, I mean, it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, because, you know, it's, it's a couple of weeks off that I can, that I can use to catch up on some things I need to do, you know, do, do a few commissions that I've been waiting to do, and it's also like, okay, guys, uh, when am I going to get script, you know, <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's kind of like, some time off in between projects is good, because you're like, you know, you need to take a break, I guess, but, too much time, you start worrying, I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah now, speaking of, uh, hammering some things out,
3: uh, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs>
1: let's talk about, uh, the Weaponer. Um, now this is a character that you visually created.
3: Yeah, I got to, I mean, I, he was an existing character in, in the universe, uh, but I got to redesign his look, man, altogether, pretty much. He,
1: Existed before you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he ever had like any any other storylines, but he um, some reference that I had was really old. I had some really old reference of this character that was called I don't even know if he was called the Weaponer at the time, but there was a character that had created Sinestro's ring, mm-hmm. um, which is this you know this character, but I, I don't know if it was ever really told. So, um, I know that he was, you know, from the planet Quad and, you know, that those, <laughs> one of the things that happened in the story was those, the characters from that world had the big bug eyes. Right. And I knew that was one thing that I was like, okay, that, there's no way to make this character menacing looking if we do <laughs> that. So <laughs> we ended up doing the, the more of the, um, I guess, blacksmith style goggles or whatever, but he still has the same helmet as the rest of the, Accordion's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I don't know his exact history. I don't know. Maybe it says it on like Wikipedia or something. But <laughs> I know that uh, when we got when I got to read redesign him, there wasn't actually really a design in place, but there was this character, you know, that had been somewhere in the in the history of the universe man. Right. So.
1: Well go with uh, with th- this particular character, uh, like with throughout the entire um, first uh, first storyline, you see the weaponer. You know he creates weapons, and he's got these like very modern, you know, laser weapons and you know crazy tanks and stuff like that. But then he also has like these weapons of old, like you know like bows and arrows and axes and stuff like that. What was mm-hmm. what was the uh, you know what was the the choice behind behind that?
3: Well, a lot of the uh, a lot of the weapons actually were were definitely written out by Tony. You know, like for example, on the first time you see him, he he has like a net gun, I think. Right. You know, the first one of the first weapons he creates. Um, I want to say everything that was that was. Uh, an actual weapon or used weapon was, was written out by Tony. Like there was another time where he creates a big just cannon gun or something like that. Just like a turret, you know, style, right. style gun. Um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it was just, I guess that'd be a better question for Tony. Why, why he decided to, you know, make or where, where the weapon or gets his ideas from or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I know with Kyle, you know, a lot of his I guess a lot of his ideas are meant to be kind of artist in you know, he's an artist or whatever, so one of the covers that I did for Green Lantern Corps where he's kind of facing off with John Stewart was Kyle's got all these, you know, energy uh, mechs and robots and stuff like that when John has all these, you know, um, military style constructs. So <laughs> you get to see that you know they're creating the same type of stuff, but they're just you know their minds are different. so John's creating military based stuff and Kyle's creating these, I guess future futuristic looking robots or something that maybe he would draw I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that uh,
2: you know Tony obviously has a lot of input in the, in the script, but when you're dealing with a character like, uh, Kyle Rayner who is an artist it has to be uh, comforting uh, at least in my mind I would think it would have to be comforting to an artist to come in especially being nervous and new on a project and yet having a character like Kyle Rayner who can or any anybody with the power ring really who can create anything they can imagine and then you just pop up with whatever did Tony direct your idea of what the construct should be on paper, or did he just say, come up with whatever, whatever works for the storyline?
3: Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of good examples. I mean, sometimes he'll definitely give... Most of the time, he'll give me some sort of direction. Like, for example, the issue one of New Guardians, the the huge, you know, construction workers mm-hmm. in the street, you know, I don't know if you remember that shot where they they yes. Crane guy... Well, Tony had actually listed out a couple of ideas there. He, he said, hey, you know, we, we need to, we need to have this crane that's falling, you know, that he, Kyle needs to create some, some sort of big construct that's going to catch this thing. And I think one of the ones that he listed were, um, like Macy Day style uh, balloons.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So that was one. Um, and then he just, uh, another one of them in there was construction workers, but I, I took it and, you know, I, I like the idea of the construction workers, but I went ahead and went with like the, you know, the classic like construction workers, the guys that would have built the Empire State Building kind of look rather than the modern day, you know, yellow hard hat, um, you know, that kind of look. I wanted to have that classic look, <laughs> like the classic New York, you know, building, um, construction worker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he'll, yeah, he'll say, you know, hey, we, he'll he'll list an idea or whatever and then I can take that I guess and and if I have something that I want to incorporate or if I interpret it a different way that's just fine too you know what I mean right I mean there are of course like the armor and stuff that Kyle Kyle uh, creates over himself sometimes I mean that's obviously you know Tony just saying okay Kyle needs armor yeah that's and then I can just do whatever I want there. You know, I can, I can make it huge. I can put guns on it. I can put, you know, jet packs on it or whatever. Um, yeah. So, or, you know, if he says he needs to create a gun, it can pretty much just be whatever I want to, whatever I want to create. Um, mm-hmm. Size wise and style and stuff.
0: You know, something I do really like about your artistic take on all this. Because I, I like Chad, I kind of, I took a little while, actually more so than Chad, I took a while to come around on your art. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I've consistently liked about it since you first started on Green Lantern is how when you draw them using their powers, it really feels like it's powerful. You know, in the other books, we get what seems to be like a more streamlined or conservative version of of, like, what the ring can do with, like, a small beam or, like, a really, like, restrained constructs or whatever. Well,
3: see, that's good, man. Um, yeah, I knew that I wanted to take the constructs and the energy and really, like, just, I guess, push the boundaries a little bit and make it more, make more energy everywhere. You know what I mean? I really wanted to do that. Um, so I'm glad that it came off that way, actually.
0: Oh yeah, and like, it feels big, you know, it's like, like, we're constantly being bombarded by the statement that these are the most powerful weapons in the universe. And this is, like, when you draw it, it seems like it is, you know, even if it's something simple, like Kyle making a pair of binoculars, he's still, like, crackling with enough energy to blow up a car.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool, man. Well, one thing that I, uh, one thing that I love about, um, cartoons, like, for example, the Green Lantern cartoon, and I never know how to really draw this. Like, you know, when someone gets punched or whatever, in like, let's say the Green Lantern cartoon, there's like a blast of energy, you know what I mean? And It's it's like, I wanted to have that type of look, you know, like you know, if if someone was flying across the screen or, I always wanted to have the energy almost alive, you know, organic, rather than than, uh, just there glowing you know what i mean i wanted to have it a little bit more organic i guess
0: yeah like chad i think you've you've described our kilos yellow power as being like fire lightning before right <laughs> yeah uh
2: and, and that's that's something you know i'm going to talk to or ask you about Tyler is when you first started on the book it was you know and you've admitted it yourself you know just kind of getting used to it and getting into the feel of it kind of picking up the the history of the characters and, and as you go and i remember i had asked you about this at the the convention I saw you at about, you know, Archilo having a tongue when he shouldn't have a tongue, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you get further along into your work, you start noticing things if you're really paying attention. For instance, at least for me, when you draw the energy of the various cores, uh, like Star Sapphires, theirs has a really, like um, – Swirly floral yeah. kind of feel yeah, like to it. Kind of, yeah. yeah, and 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 blue is like you know it's it's just kind of this almost water ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, uh, fear is just really like Dan was saying this like fear
3: fire lightning thing. Yeah, it's like and, a napalm kind of stuff. You know, like yeah. yeah, I know, and that's something that I really wanted to do on this because I knew that I'd have the opportunity to distinguish him because. All these characters were going to be on the same pages a lot, mm-hmm. and I felt that that would really enhance um, the look of the pages and the characters. Just, Hold on a second, dogs barking Um If I was able to uh, really change the look of, of each individual character, you know what I mean, and, and really distinguish them that way, not only you know is it visually cool to look at, but it was also a guide for the colors because, uh, you know, drawing all that stuff or coloring all that stuff from the black and white pages, if all the energy looked the same, it would be very hard for her or whoever's coloring it to really distinguish some of these trails of energy. You know, like, is that his? Is that hers? You know, so having a little bit of a different outline or a different shape to it was a really good way to um, to show that. And also, you know, people looking at the black and whites or maybe some someone buying the original art or whatever, that way they can also see that and, and know that that's, you know, Arkillo's energy trail or whatever, you know, it's, it's got, it's the way his looks and his alone, you know?
2: Right. And you said that it was a guide for the colorist. And, and this is something I will uh, say till the day I die. Uh, neighbor is uh-huh. absolutely one of my favorite colorists. And she's, it's, it's a, definitely a, a a a big deal to me to be able to know a colorist's name by heart first of <laughs> yeah. all, because because uh, that doesn't happen often in the in the comic industry. But when you have
3: her colors with your art, it is awesome. Oh, that's cool! when I first started at DC, I had kind of been talking, you know, with DC for a few years because I did a I did a a crossover with them a long time ago is called Superman Darkness. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. It was a two issue Top Cow DC crossover book. Oh yeah. It I was vaguely the Darkness remember that. Superman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd kind of been in contact with them here and there, just, you know, at, a, at conventions or whatever. Just, you know, that just say, Hey, you know, they wanted me to do some stuff for them eventually. And, and when the time came, I was like, okay, well, my contract's ending at Top Cow. You know, they wanted me to do, do Green Lantern, which was really exciting. and But then I was like, okay, but I want to work with NEI. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Bat, the anchor, was, was kind of transitioning back from Marvel to DC. So that kind of worked out because me and him have worked together. We worked together on the Superman-Darkness crossover. So... I knew kind of what DC wanted out of me. That was a look that they liked because that's what they remembered and, you know, that's what they wanted me to do. Um, but yeah, I was coloring Supergirl at the time and they actually pulled her off of that to color to color uh, Green Lantern because I asked for her. <laughs> 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 and, and she's colored a few different covers for me in the past for like Xenoscope and stuff like that. But So I knew that I wanted to work with her because you know, I, I like, well, I, I knew her personally, and I also really liked her art, or her style, so. Hmm.
1: That was a good request. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
3: paid off well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs>
0: it's actually funny you brought up your anchor because it's a running joke on our show that DC trained a bat to ink comic books. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Yeah, all in good fun, we enjoy them.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, it fits in, man. It fits in. He just needs to be on a Batman book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh I wanted to actually ask about, you know, other than the weapon or the other big villain your run on Green Lantern will be remembered for is uh the big guy himself, Invictus.
3: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Invictus. And and that's that's more of one that I you know, literally uh created from from scratch pretty much. Just that, you know, based on a basic idea of this Archangel character that has this, you know, um, solar system-sized spaceship. <laughs> so um, they just kind of had a, a little bit of a, an idea about the character, and I just went to work designing him and doing some sketches. And um, They knew they kind of wanted to have him, you know, angelic-looking in a way, but they also wanted to have him big and imposing, you know, as well. And it's funny too, cause when I first designed him, he wasn't big like that. He wasn't like, I mean, he was, you know, muscular, but he wasn't like oversized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, the weapon was oversized and I didn't want to do that again. So, you know, I had designed him, he was still tall. He was still supposed to be taller and, and big and, but he wasn't that oversized hulking look that he ended up being, Um and then they were, they said, hey, we love the design, but we want to have him, you know, a lot bigger. <laughs> and I was just thinking, um I just did that with the Weaponer, you know, thinking to myself, but um you know, and I, I had no idea they were even gonna, they were gonna actually meet in the same, in the same, uh, series. I didn't know the Weaponer was coming back in this book. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be kinda cool, I guess, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, two, it was two villain style characters, I guess, that that I got to design, but they're like almost the same size, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was just one of those things where I think I was probably just me thinking about it, but um, but uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean,
0: Invictus seems like the kind of character who would have been fun to play around with when you're coming up with his look. So, I mean, he's he's got this awesome armor. There's lots of like positive and negative space to play with, depending on what power he's using at the moment.
3: Yeah, definitely. Actually, and his um, having his uh, skin glow like that was actually was my idea as well, because we really didn't know what to do with his color palette. Um, and I was just thinking, well, golly, well, you know, he can come out of the sun. You know, he he uses this energy. What if his skin Glows, and then when he uses it, it, um, kind of distinguishes it a little bit or, or whatever, and it starts to get black and almost like, you know, molten (laughs) lava where, uh, you got the crust on there, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, that was a really good choice, because, like, he goes from being really radiant to all of a sudden just fading into, like, this pitch black where all you see is, like, the outline of his teeth grinning at you, and you have that, that uh oh, shit just got real moment before he <laughs> <Yeah>. kills everyone.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think it would really come across cool in in a movie or a cartoon or something somewhere where you got to really see that transition. You know where he blasts out this huge uh, blast of energy and then all of a sudden you know he's he's got to charge up again. You know and, and he's got these glowing you know I guess <clears throat> veins almost you know.
0: Oh, yeah, coming out of his, his uh, gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that
3: was, that was kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: one one element that I was wondering about with the design of his armor, he has, like, these, I don't know what to, like, to call them, like, blades or some kind of protrusions coming out of, like, his shoulders and whatever that look a lot mm-hmm. like Kyle's from when he got, like, supercharged towards the beginning of the series. Like, was that incidental? Like, is, there, is that, like, a reason for that
3: you're talking about when Kyle had all the rings,
0: yeah, and he had the like end splash pays where he goes like yeah. Super Saiyan.
3: Actually, um, the reason Kyle had that was because, um, that portion of his costume was reflecting, uh, Blee's because I believe that his, I believe it was red, and if you notice, Blee's has her shoulders do that kind of thing. Oh,
4: so yeah. when I was
3: doing that costume. I was taking different elements from the different characters. You know, like he had, um, the, the, you know, the, the Star Sapphire symbol on the stomach. He had the, the the tall blue style, you know, leg pieces or whatever that um, that uh, St. Walker has. Um, so I really that those shoulder pads or those the shoulder spike things. I, I guess we're just reflecting Blee's portion of that costume. So it really doesn't have anything to do with the big things that come off of uh, Invictus' shoulders.
1: Now, unless we missed it, like, I know that I definitely didn't notice anything orange on that particular costume.
3: And that was on purpose, man. Okay. Because the orange ring wasn't actually the orange ring. Right. It was just So, (laughs) yeah, that was was on purpose.
1: Okay. As long as I didn't miss something.
3: No, no, he didn't. (laughs) And that was... And we actually thought that, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because we talked about that. You know, we talked about, well, hopefully, maybe some people will actually see that there's not any orange element here. You know, and maybe it'll get people wondering. So,
1: Mission accomplished.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I remember
0: some people who... saw the image or read the issue and then went on the line and started asking, where's the orange part? Is it on his butt? Why can't we see it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that was really, I was actually really hoping to, to draw that, that I was hoping to draw him in that for a longer period of time. It was kind of like a short run little thing, but I guess it was too, you know, too much for him to handle. But when I was drawing that, toward the end of the issue, I was like, oh, man, this next issue is going to be crazy, because, you know, he's, but it really, he, he wasn't able to maintain the that for too long, I guess, but um, it's still fun, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. I was actually expecting that whole thing to come back, like, by the end of this year's run, you know, like, because you built up Invictus as this huge threat that they can't take out, but here we had Kyle at the beginning of the story, as this huge threat that nobody could take out. So I'm like, that oh, okay. Been,
3: yeah, that would have been really actually pretty cool to be able to see him, you know, all the other characters, you know, because they'd be able to give him permission to, you know, so, I don't know, use their rings or whatever, you know. um, And they, yeah, that would have been a really cool thing to see, actually. Like, hey, Kyle, t- you know, take all the rings. It's the only way to stop Invictus or something, you know.
0: See, These guys hated my idea.
3: Oh really? Uh, yeah. that actually kind of worked I mean yeah, jerks <laughs> well, Tyler,
2: one of the things I really have enjoyed about your art is just kind of background stuff and and for instance, when we as Green Lantern fans first saw Odom, the homeworld of the blue Lanterns, way back when it was really, really like majestic and beautiful, and waterfalls and these crazy cool looking um you know animals and plant life and stuff like that and we didn't really get to see Odom again uh after blackest night until you wrote uh or did or you did the the art for uh, it was a, it was a number nine I believe
4: yeah
2: uh, and not only did you put back in the the waterfalls and stuff but you can see the plant life and the animal life and everything and one of the things I I really enjoyed it and I can't, I can't imagine Tony told you to do this, but there's a blue lantern that is clearly a giraffe man.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I pretty much made up every, uh, blue lantern that wasn't seen, you know, prior to that issue, man. And I really (laughs) wanted to do like the, kind of like the animal thing, you know, like I did like a cat dude and, and, um, yeah, the, the giraffe, everyone's talked to me about the giraffe guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I'm hoping that someone, you know, that, that we see him again, then, But, um, he, but yeah, I, I pretty much just had free reign to, to do what I wanted with those characters, man. You know, yeah. I really didn't know if they'd be seen again or not, but, um, yeah, well, you're, I
4: knew you're... that
2: I was showing him a few times, so. Yeah, your your character designs are definitely something I enjoy a lot. Um, for instance, I mean, I will always respect the, Doug Monkey's work, but uh, during Blackest Night and, and and more so afterwards into Brightest Day, uh, Larflees was had like a really flat face, whereas when he first started, he had that snout and everything, and you've yeah. drawn him with the snout, and that that's 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 the design of the character that I enjoy. Um, yeah, and that's. Not to mention uh, one of my favorite uh, characters, and, and I'm the only one I think in the world who feels this way, but I love it. Um, the end of issue two or three, I believe, when an orange lantern co- construct comes crashing through the ceiling, um, this giant like flame flame, this girl with like flaming horns or something, uh, yeah, whatever whatever
3: that was, I loved it. <laughs> oh cool, and that, and that actually that character is actually uh, really something that's been drawn before man i mean i just had uh i did have some reference on the quite a few of the actual orange construct characters so um most of those were were uh established man i just don't remember where i mean i had you know i had some reference sheets that were i i believe just design sheets for orange constructs and a lot of the other uh um, lantern groups didn't have the design sheets like the um, orange ones did. Yeah. yeah, I believe I believe Philip Tan, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah,
1: Philip yeah.
3: Tan. Yep. yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, anyway, Philip Tan did the those ones. Those were help, Those were really helpful.
1: What with the uh, with the blue lanterns that you did create? Were did um did Tony like set a number or something like that? It said don't go over this number of blue lanterns.
3: I think he may have said, uh, "Yeah, I think he might may have said, um, I can't even remember. I know that he said that they didn't have like a really big tribe, but right. Um, so I didn't need to go crazy, you know, because they were going to get overwhelmed by the uh the blue beetle characters. Right. Um So I knew that there wasn't going to be a ton of them. I can't remember exactly the number that he had mentioned, though. He probably just said no more than a dozen or something, you know.
2: Hmm. Cool. That's good information. <laughs> uh-huh. we've, we've been we've been wondering about the recruitment process of the Blue Lanterns since uh Ganthet and Sate are out of the picture. Yeah. So it's nice to know there's only 12 or so.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean there may, there may be more, but I just knew that uh, you know there wasn't a lot of them there maybe at the time or I don't know. I I, I guess there, I, I really don't think there there are that many of them though. Right.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't think that there would be. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before this, the last time we checked in with them, they had like four. So they're doing. They're going along pretty good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they're, gro- they're growing slowly.
0: Mm-hmm. We need a new planet, but you know who doesn't? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're meeting projected growth. There
4: you go. Yeah. They have a
3: very pr- productive quarter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah.
1: Oh what you
3: call
1: it? Uh, no. no. Tyler. Go ahead, Jane. In, uh, in issue one of New Guardians, um, there's a scene where Kyle is at the bar. It's like a flashback scene.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Is that you at the bar?
3: <laughs> you mean just, just in one of the one of the characters right there?
1: Yeah, yeah, one of his friends at
3: the someone bar. Someone actually el- someone else said that too, man. Um, it, it wasn't meant to be, but I've. I've always heard that, you know, someone else said this to me before. You always draw characters the way that you look, I guess. But that, when I was sitting there drawing that, I wasn't thinking to myself, this guy is going to be me. <laughs> but I have, a, a, like I said, a couple people actually said that to me, man. Okay. Said, is that you? Is that you, in, you know, at the table or whatever? But it wasn't meant to be me, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what i <laughs> This is, this is
2: something we ask, uh, a lot of artists. Um, one thing we, we in the Green Lantern, uh, fandom really enjoy seeing and have noticed a lot are, are artists who like to throw Easter eggs in the background, uh, things that only the fans will get or that not even the fans would get, but that just they themselves put reference to that only they understand. Is there anything for yourself? That whether only you get it or the fans get it that you've thrown into these books that you could mention offhand.
3: There, there definitely are. I've got to think here for a second of what. Uh, there's probably a few times where maybe you've seen a brand or or like a storefront or something. I always throw my wife's name in on things. Just, what? Just her name's is Jill. Um, there's got to be somewhere in there where I've put her name because I can remember doing it in the last couple years so um and then uh another thing let's see (laughs) I used to do this actually quite a bit man I used to put like my my uh my gamer tag I put my gamer tag uh in before (laughs) I put my uh my Halo clan name in there before and these aren't all in Green Lantern but just you know in general um I put my wife's, you know last name on something before. I've um, something that I really wanted to do though and I actually brought this up to D C. When I first started on Green Lantern Core, I wanted to do some sort of like I don't know, creative marketing or something to where we had hidden like you said, hidden Easter egg things where people could It would get people excited about picking up the book. Like they'd have, if they found all these things, they would go to the DC website or something, and they would—I don't know—do something. They would, whoever found them first or whatever, would post, and they would win something. You know, I've always wanted to do stuff like that, um, but it never ended up happening. You know, I wanted to hide like I don't know, little rings or little symbols or (laughs) just something to get. That we could you know uh, try to hype up my coming onto the book, you know we could put it we could do a little news blurb about it or something, and um they didn't go for it I mean they they liked the idea, but it never ended up happening so
2: the re- the reason I ask is because I remember you telling me a story when i the, when I saw you about uh something in uh your during your Weaponers storyline about
3: a guy uh from drawmein.com? dot com oh yeah, I yeah. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah, I don't know if you ever found him or not, but
2: yeah, it's it, it, it. What what was that like? Because I I we've been curious about this because Jim is particularly jealous of this guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for for being in all these comics. What <laughs> what, what was that process like?
3: <laughs> well, honestly, man, the guy just emailed me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing this thing. I've been in all these different books and." sent me his website and I was like, wow, he really has been in quite a few books. So I was just like, well, this looks kind of cool. Let's, you know, I'll do this. These other guys have done it and um, I ended up just drawing him in like the second issue of Three Leonard that I drew in the Halloween scene, the crowd scene. Just put him in a costume, you know, and, and then uh, he, he takes the, you know, he just puts him on his website. He's been, in, I don't know how many books he's been in now, but um, you'll have to find him. He's he's uh, he's got glasses on and he's in like a superhero-looking costume. He's got a little <laughs> goatee, and black hair. But he, he, if you go to Draw Me In, you'll see his website. It's pretty cool. <laughs> he's gotten quite a few people to do it. I don't know how. Um, I don't know how he first started getting people to do it because the main reason I did it was by seeing all these other guys that have done it. You know, I was like, wow, this seems, these other guys have done this this seems kinda of fun. Another thing yeah. that I did actually, I might have told you this, was the um, the Jersey Devil.
2: No, you that didn't tell me done. this.
3: What is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> issue I can't remember exactly what issue it is, but one of the aliens um, one of the I think he's actually a Green Lantern character in uh, the, the War of the Green Lanterns run, you know, before Mogo blows up. I mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm.
3: can't remember exactly the issue number, but one of the characters in there, because I got to make up a bunch of those characters before they all died in the Mogo explosion. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> one of them was uh, the Jersey Devil, which is like this, you know, cryptozoology character. That this, this, Someone emailed me and said, hey, I love the Jersey Devil. Have you ever thought about drawing them? And I ended up putting him in there. But like, you know what? I, I, if I have a good opportunity, I'll, I'll throw him in there. And, and of course, you know, <laughs> all the Green Lanterns that are you're not gonna see again. That's a good opportunity to, uh, to throw something like that in there. So, it's this really weird looking, tasty alien thing that doesn't have a mouth. It's got big eyes um, and weird hands and feet. <laughs> The Jersey Devil, I mean, if you looked it up and saw a picture of it online, you'd probably be able to find it in the book. That's awesome. So,
1: uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and uh, and search
3: for that now. Yeah, I mean, that stuff's so fun to do <laughs> every once in a while because, you know, well, not only is it just a little change of pace, but it's also kind of fun to, to talk about it, you know, like, like telling you guys or whatever, so.
1: I think uh, if you had been able to pull off the idea, as far as doing all the Easter eggs that people, you on know, the contest, I think that would have been a really fun idea.
3: Yeah, I've, I don't know, man. I've always wanted to to do something like that. Actually, just and we talked about doing it in mysterious ways. Uh, the Top Cow book. We were going to hide some stuff, and we were, I just think that'd be a fun idea to, um, to get people to maybe you know check out the book, get excited about it. And hey, there's. You know, not there's a there's a chance to win some stuff. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if there's yeah. one
0: thing if there's one thing comics need, it's more press and publicity that gets people engaged about reading them. So this would have been a a good as yeah, thing. Exactly, you know.
3: Exactly. Yeah. For
2: sure. Well, I, I had a question. I was and and this is uh, maybe yeah, you've experienced this or not. Um, when. The new Fifty Two relaunched, and and you know Jeff has uh, Jeff Johns has this you know uh, was the the creep the the chief creative officer or something to that effect. Um, he's got and obviously has had for a long time this masterwork um, storyline in mind for Green Lantern and where he wants to take it. Does that in any way affect you at all, uh, even as an artist?
3: Not really, man. I mean. I know that uh, the only way that it would really affect me is is everything has to be approved by him, though mm-hmm. so sometimes you know I'll be waiting like let's say for example, script you know um, if a script needs to be revised, it's got to go through the editors plus you know he's got to read it. So it's just an extra step that can't really be avoided, I guess. Um, that would really be the only way that it would affect an artist, I think. Mm-hmm. as far as, like, storyline and stuff like that, I don't think that really matters. Uh, it really doesn't affect me, but deadline and time frame, that's where, it would, that's where that type of thing would uh, affect me. Got it. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
1: now, uh, Tyler, now, as much as we definitely don't want to see you go from New Guardians... Um, You are definitely going to be moving on to Teen Titans, so yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I think one of the uh, one of the more fun questions to ask is what you know, like, who who on that team you know really appeals to you? What are you looking forward to to drawing in that
3: book? Um, oh man, I wish I could tell you guys about issue zero, but it was really fun, man. Like, it. Uh, I don't know what I can really say about it, so I'm not to say anything, but, um, as far as the other characters and stuff, go, I mean, I've always, you know, the funny thing is, is a, a friend of mine has for some reason always pictured me drawing Teen Titans, and I don't, I didn't ever really know why, um, so when I told, I told her that, you know, hey, they actually want to put me on Teen Titans, and she just thought that was crazy, but, um, I've drawn Superboy a couple times now. I've been doing like the Legion Lost. I've been doing Legion Lost covers, and I just did a, a, a Superboy cover. And that's he's really fun. So hopefully I'll get to draw him um, more. And then one of the characters in issue zero, I got to draw quite a bit, which I'm like really. I don't know, Do you guys know anything about issue zero? Have they said anything about it? Well, well this really this
1: episode won't go up for another three weeks at least. Okay. So I'm sure the issue will be out by then. Um, yeah,
3: it comes out. Well, it comes out. Uh, I guess the end of the month, but it's just it's. I guess Robin or Tim Drake's um, backstory. So okay, oh, okay, it's pretty. It's it's really cool though, man. It's from Gotham, and uh, yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> uh, now since I, I'm not really that up on Teen Titans, but, I mean, obviously mm. I'm going to have to check it out now. <laughs> um, what'd you call it? Is there, uh, is there still a speedster in the book?
3: Uh, I don't know, man. I actually don't even know who... Like, I'm, like I am like said, I, I don't know what's coming up after... After uh, Issue Zero. Oh well, yeah, after Issue Zero. I don't know what's happening in Issue 13. Okay. Uh, or 14, or... I'm still waiting for my script or whatever for issue 17. (laughs) It seems crazy, man, because I'm I'm so far from now, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I really don't know what's going to be happening or or if they're going to change things up, you know, due to the issue zero thing. Um, I have no idea, because I know that on New Guardians, they're changing the team up. I don't know if you saw any of the images, but... Yeah, yep. They're bringing in... This is kind of a little frustrating because they're bringing in all the you know, the bigger characters from each, um, <clears throat> from each core. Yeah. You know, like, um, uh, they're switching out, what are they bringing in? I can't remember who they're bringing. oh, like, Atrocitus, and can't even remember who else, man. Carol um, Ferris instead of A.T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, that, that's kind of interesting, but, um... That's cool. So, I really don't know if they're going to be doing anything like that with the other books, though. So. Like Teen Titans, if they're going to be changing it up.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as I do like the character, Carol Ferris, like, I have to say that Fatality, the way that she was written, and hands down, the way that she was drawn, <laughs> I definitely, uh-huh. uh, definitely like that character from your run. Oh,
3: cool, man. Yeah. That, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that was just fun to draw. We had and to, I to uh, design her costume, too, man. So that was cool.
0: We had to repeatedly remind Jim he had a wife he was happily married to every time oh he nice, saw Fatality. Nice.
3: <laughs> you, you know what's fun is, is seeing uh, cosplay. I, I've seen two or three different cosplays of uh, the Fatality costume, which is cool because I've never seen anything like that that I've designed before, you know. The people that actually got these costumes custom-made from something that I designed was, was, was pretty cool, man. And I'm hoping to eventually see, like, I don't know, a weapon or figure or Invictus or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see some figures from some of my designs.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Kyle, based on your style, would be great.
3: That'd be cool, too, man. Yeah, I mean, there's not even a lot of Kyle figures, but yeah. it'd be cool to have a whole new Guardians kind of... Line that'd be awesome.
0: Well, we know a really tall guy, so maybe we could get him to cosplay as the weaponer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, yeah, Jason would be great as uh, Invictus. <laughs> nice, nice
3: man. That'd be cool.
1: Um, now, I guess uh, the last question that I really have is uh, when you're when you're drawing, um, is there like any particular music styles that really gets you amped up? Um.
3: Lately I mean I just had like a well, I've been listening to some you know, Pandora and I have a I have a few different little playlists in there. Like I've one of my channels is like Tron, the Tron Legacy, you know, I love that that yeah. That soundtrack was amazing. Um let's see. I um I don't know, I love just like I guess rock, you know, music or I don't know if there's any like particular style that really gets me like amped up or motivated or anything like that, but, um, occasionally like I'll, I'll listen to random things like last, last, uh, October, I was, <laughs> it's funny, man. Last October, I, for like a week straight, I was listening to, um, the soundtrack from the movie, The Village. You guys, do you guys ever see that movie? Uh-huh.
1: Is that the one from uh, M Night Shyamalan? Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. The, I, just, I love the soundtrack of that movie. and just like the, all the violin and stuff. Like, seems kind of weird, right? But I listened to that for quite a while, just like a week straight. Because not only do I love Halloween, and it was like kind of getting me into the Halloween mode. Yeah. But it was just really I don't know, man. It was it was working for me at the time, but um, but I also just have like my I watch you know I have TV shows playing on my computer mm-hmm. just ones that I don't really necessarily need to watch but I can just listen to them right like I don't know pawn stars or yeah definitely you know just, <laughs> just random shows like that that you know or like mysteries at the museum like you can listen to them yeah. you don't have to really watch it you know sometimes so turn I do yeah occasionally you'll turn over and it's you know it kind of makes uh it makes the day interesting or whatever but um so I got that. I do that actually quite a bit now. I was listening to like sports radio for like a year and and then like the the crew that I was listening to I guess moved on and I don't know. So I stopped doing that and uh like I said was watching been watching a lot of just random shows. I'll just record stuff if I think I can listen to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So
1: well, I mean, if if you need something to listen to that you don't have to turn and look at, I mean, there's always the Lantern Cast.
3: <laughs> oh, nice!
2: Wow, nice, wow. man! I like it, dude. Shameless self-promotion. Oh,
3: why not? This is a good point. I mean, it's a great point.
2: Feel feel free to work the, the work the uh, the logo for Lantern Cast into Teen Titan somewhere if you want. Always T-shirt. Well, uh, I think we're tapped out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: we're
2: good. We, we got a, we got a, 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 a had a great experience talking to you. It was really easy to talk to you. And, um, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it, Tyler. But bef- before we let you go, do you have anything you want to promote, whether it's Teen Titans, uh, creator owned stuff, um, you know, your, your con appearances, anything you want to promote. This, this yeah, is your man.
3: time to do that. Definitely. Um, a couple things actually. I have, uh, well I have my, my children's book. I don't know if you guys knew about that, but, uh, pop, I have a children's book that's out right now. Um it's been out for maybe six months or so. Uh, it's just called, it's called My Best Friend's a Booker <laughs> So it's <just> a little, <laughs> it's a little book that I created with my little brother. Um you can, you know, you can get it at some bookstores. You can get it online. You can have your comic up, order it. And my Best Friend's a Booker So, um, and then I have, uh, a couple of little things I'm working on on the side. One of them, uh, I don't want to really talk about it yet. I wish I could, but I'm working on some details on the, on the, uh, with the publisher, but I'll tell you what it's called. It's called Screwed. And, um, it's a, it's a creator owned project that I'll be, uh, writing, I guess, you know, art directing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, uh, With a couple other guys, I got a, a co-writer that I'm working with, and another artist friend that'll be doing the primary art. And we're I'm talking to a publisher about it right now, and hopefully we'll get that figured out so we can announce it here in the next like month or two, I guess. Cool. Um, but if it doesn't work out, I still plan on putting the book out. But it's a it's pretty much a um, a modern day. Fresh, you know, mature uh, take on on the Frankenstein story with female lead this time. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's um, picture a modern day Frankenstein type of story, real dark, gritty, almost um, almost like Tarantino kind of style is what I'm thinking. Grindhouse horror kind of style. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm working on that right now, man. It's uh, I've been doing a lot of design work for it. We started uh doing the art and we put the whole packet together and I'm working with, you know, uh, a couple, like a, an agent and a manager and, you know, just doing the whole bit. So, hoping to get that out. It's actually something that I had to work out with DC because I'm exclusive at DC, but I had these couple of projects that I've been developing for, for years, you know. So, um, but anyway... There's that, and then, um, yeah, just just the conventions. I'll be at the, I'll be at the, uh, actually, the Wizard World in Ohio at the end of the month. I believe it's the last weekend of the month, I think, of September. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, the European thing, which is October 16th through November 10th, I'll be traveling through Europe, man, it'll be sweet, uh, from, from uh, Germany, Belgium... France, and Italy, so, they have a bunch of different shows over there, and some convention signings and stuff, or some uh, comic book uh, shop signings and stuff.
2: So, so, you won't be at New York Comic Con, huh?
3: I won't be at New York Comic Con, no. Uh, yeah. I'm not going now. And, uh, <laughs> I know. I, I figured I better do this Europe thing, man, it's kind of a, it's just a good opportunity, man, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, really excited about it.
1: Yeah, no, no, nobody's gonna get on your case about picking Europe over
3: uh, New York Comic Con. <laughs> oh, Chad will.
2: Chad yeah, will he'll be like, "I finally go to New York," and Tyler Kirkham couldn't. <laughs> well, as long as he comes to the next Austin Comic Con, we're good. <laughs> there you
3: go. There you go sweet. Is that where you guys are at, Austin? Texas? Well, uh,
2: actually, uh, I'm I'm the only one from Austin, Texas. Dan's in New Jersey, and uh, Jim is in uh, Long Island. Oh, cool.
3: Cool. So,
2: we're all over the yeah. place yeah we're all over the place and uh, I'm the runt of the litter apparently so
3: <laughs> oh yeah and then I just wanted to mention you know I, I do have uh, I do have my website which is just tylerkirkman.com and it's just you know it's got all a bunch of original art on there and just any news or you know I post post random art on there and just the normal stuff but I'm also on Facebook and Twitter so
1: yeah that's, that's, that's actually pretty awesome just to go and look at the pencils, you know, just to see what, what they look like without the inks and everything.
3: Yeah, and I'm, I'm working on a big update there right now. just, I'm trying to get my whole, um, I just did the art returns on the rest of the Green Lantern books that I did, mm-hmm. uh, with that, um, and, uh, I'm going to be posting, like, a huge art for sale update on there, just to get the rest of my run on there, you know? Cool. So... Well, then I'll start saving. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll start scanning for fatality pages.
3: <laughs> oh, no. oh, sweet, man. Well, cool, guys. Like, I appreciate it, and i um, glad I was able to do this. Us, too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah.
2: And um, we'll definitely let you know when the show goes up. Uh, like we said, it'll be probably, uh, what, Jim, about three weeks or so uh, yeah. at... at at, at least. At three
4: or four weeks.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah, we just wanted to make sure we scheduled this with enough time so that if you wanted to say anything about uh, Teen Titan Zero, that you could do so um, oh, without great. without it uh, interfering with uh, any, any spoilers or anything. So. Nice. All
3: right, right man. On, well, thank you so much. Cool. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Yeah. Enjoy Talk Europe. Night. <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Oh, well,
1: that went really well.
3: Yeah.
0: So is the presence or lack of Kid Flash really going to make or break that Teen Titans book for you?
1: Oh, no. I just think that he would do an awesome job on Kid Flash.
0: Okay. I thought that was a weird...
1: Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> if you think of his style, he has a very... It, it is a very, very kinetic style. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, like, the energy, like you, like you pointed out, that's why the energy looks so good.
0: Yeah, like, if he got the play... Like if you, I guess, like yeah, like the lightning that comes off the flashes when they run, and even right. like the speed trails, the right. way he draws them flying through space, and New Guardians. Yeah, I could, I could see that. That would definitely.
2: Yes. Be cool. Art- artistically speaking, speed has always been something very difficult to display correctly in comics. So it's it's cool to it it'd be, it would be cool to see his take on it for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even care, like which speedster it is. Like I just I just would like to see him draw somebody with super speed
2: how awesome would it be if uh, tyler was the first one who got to draw the new 52 wally west
1: that would be God, ex- you know, exceedingly <laughs> awesome i mean you know like i i literally have like so little interest in team titans and yet i love his art so much like i have to pick it up now Mhm. dc dc hooked me on that one <laughs> It's like you know. Okay, we gave you twenty issues of uh, Tyler Kirkham doing Green Lantern stuff. You know, now uh, now we're pulling them away, and if you want more, now you have to pay for it.
0: Yeah, the whole drugs thing with, except instead of the first one being free, the first one's like eighty (laughs) dollars.
2: Sixty. Oh, that's better. That's a deal.
4: Yeah. So I mean, you know.
2: That was a lot of fun. It It was. So, we, we learned a couple of things. There's only 12 or so Blue Lanterns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, like, the, the, the thing that I was thinking
1: in the back of my head, it's like, okay, well, if you have these Blue Lanterns, like, if you have, if all of a sudden you have, like, hundreds of them, then people are going to be wondering, one, how the hell do they get hundreds of them, you know, considering how long the process was taking originally, And two, how come we haven't seen these other Blue Lanterns around, you know, in any other skirmish whatsoever? So, I mean, it does make sense that there would be, you know, a limited
0: amount. I was actually really surprised to learn how, I guess, how specific Vedard gets with scripting. Mm -hmm. Especially with, like, like he said, like, they've been working together for, like, two years. I guess I, I would almost expect it to have, like, loosened up more by now, like, like there's not like there's nothing wrong with that approach to script writing but it's like it's kind of the opposite of what
2: I thought was going on you know yeah see the reason I asked him that question about like the constructs and stuff cuz I remember you guys remember when uh, Daryl Banks told us that yes. he tried to make sure that no construct ever looked the same or was ever the same thing sure. so I wanted to see if that kind of artistic freedom and license whatever was like continuing on and if anybody was going to do it it would have to be you know tyler because of his access to kyle right yeah
0: i'm glad you asked that when you did because if you didn't i was going to because i mean because i mean unless i'm remembering wrong like daryl banks like he basically got like a blank check to do whatever he could think of you know
2: no that's right and he's the one that did a lot of the original mechs for kyle yeah I I'm definitely going to have to check out that screwed book now.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
2: <laughs> I almost wanted to tell him, "Here's my bank account number, take my money." <laughs> you you could tell me that? No.
1: <laughs> you know, I really I really would like to see some action figures based on his art style. Yeah. Um that,
0: that would be interesting.
1: I like I as much as I think like an Invictus figure would be awesome, like I kind of feel like they're not gonna make one of him now.
0: Yeah. Or you know what they should do? They should uh, make like a a larger hundred dollar figure that Chad will buy. <laughs> oh.
2: To go up against Dark Side. Dark side yeah. versus
0: Invictus. And then a <laughs> slightly smaller ninety-nine ninety five weaponer figure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen. Give me, give me a twenty dollar fatality. I'll take
0: that. Uh, Jim I can, likes his women cheap. <laughs> <shape. laughs>
2: I can never figure out though if I ever got a commission from Tyler what I'd get because fatality, blees, and larflees are the three of my favorite things. And I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have. You, you know the uh, what was it? The cover for uh, was it Red Lanterns by Ed Benes of, of fatality goes up against uh, blees. Yeah. I'd have to have, like, I, I think I'd absolutely have to have Tyler's version of that cover, because, oh my god.
1: <laughs> I, I really like, well, I mean, I love his fatality, but I think, for me, it's like it would be a toss-up between Fatality, Kyle, and uh, Glomulus. Because, I mean, like, I think he probably put the most emotion into Glomulus,
0: yeah. Oh God, that one panel, where he's like, "But Kwame, why?" and he's just like yes. destroyed mentally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: God. Um. So I mean, you know, it's like it, his his Kyle Rayner. You know, it, it's it, well for me, it's hands down in the top five. Now, where in that top five? I mean, I would really have to like look at all of them. Um. But I mean, it's like you know, it, it was such a. Fun <clears throat> style of Kyle Rayner, and very and it was distinct. It was like it's very, it's a very distinct version of Kyle Rayner. So it, yeah, it would be tough. It would definitely be tough figuring out what to get from him.
0: Did I tell I, you? I, go ahead. I was gonna say, did I tell you, Jim? I'm I'm going to be drawing that idea you had last time of a uh, Glomulus with the New Guardian hand puppets. So I had this idea of glomulus yep. with New Guardian hand puppets. That's totally my idea. <laughs>
1: Listen, I don't know. It sounds like a fever dream I had.
2: <laughs> I, I like the story he told that he app he requested. <clears throat> wait, he re- he pronounced her name Nei, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that on other podcasts too. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, he requested the colors Nei, which. Good call, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was Awesome. Like, <laughs> our favorite part of the book
0: just came in because he wanted it to.
2: And she was the colorist on um, Blackest Night Wonder Woman, right?
0: Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. Did, I, mean, I think so, she did some so, other
0: Blackest
2: Night stuff, too. Yeah, she so did. have uh, we, been paying attention. We've been paying attention to her hardcore, so for him to choose her and recognize how well she fits—not only with his style, but with a lantern book in general.
1: She colored uh, *Rage of the Red Lanterns*. Uh, we have that much
0: history with her. That's yeah. that's awesome. She should be. We're, we're obviously collecting everyone who did *New Guardians*, so let's let's
2: get her in that bat. Yeah. You know, we should we should make her the the first and only <laughs> colorist we ever interview <laughs> on the show.
1: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to limit us in case someday, for some reason, like I don't know, there's some colorist, you know, besides me, I that we want to interview. But
0: no, no, I think right, we should. Right go, now, I think we should go the exact opposite opposite direction and just replace Chad with her, just every week. Why is why
2: is it now the the running joke? Let's just replace Chad. <laughs>
0: listen, listen, I'm i don't, not.
1: I don't make that joke. I'm not not Um, saying...
2: Excuse me, I I think I remember you saying something about having Bloom replace me.
1: Often. I do not make that joke often. (laughs)
2: Listen, Chad, I'm not saying you're on the chopping block.
0: I'm just saying you're not as ahead of everybody else as you think.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't
1: think Chad thinks he's ahead.
2: No, I don't. (laughs) You, You cut me down enough to where I never believe in myself. (laughs) <laughs>
0: as long as it trickles down throughout your life <laughs> as long as it affects you in other ways what oh
4: my god, oh my god. Uh,
0: seriously couldn't you see Jason wearing that weird head thing the weaponer has when he doesn't have his helmet
2: on
1: um I could, I, I could yeah I could actually see him playing both but I, I'd rather see him play Invictus. the
2: goggles you just want to see Jason shirtless
0: obviously <laughs> I don't even know.
2: It's just how they roll in Texas. Don't mind him. Oh, so so I, 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 you can dog on me. I can't dog on you. No, go ahead. Okay.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Weird Texans in our taco truck dispensing justice. Yes. Whatever. We should probably <laughs> we should probably close
1: this episode out. Hey,
2: did that book come out? I don't know. Is it not yet? I have no idea. We should probably close this episode out. That book is never coming out. (laughs) Oh, it's coming. In my heart, it's already out.
1: It'll never come out. I've seen to it already. No. Uh, Okay, uh, lanterncast.com. You can email us, lanterncast.gmail.com. On the website, we've got links to our forum, Facebook page, Twitter all that jazz you can go to itunes and you can subscribe to us and uh just go to itunes search for lanterncast and uh subscribe We've got all our episodes on there all our episodes are on the website too and uh if you want to leave us a voicemail you can do so at 708
2: lantern i think that's it yeah, yeah. and thanks uh, one last time to tyler for coming on the show
1: that's awesome yes yeah. Night, everybody.
2: Good night.
1: Good night.